This program is presented by Birch Gold Group, the precious metal IRA specialists. Good morning. In today's headlines, President Biden makes an unannounced visit to Ukraine. Find out more about his first trip to the war zone as president. North Korea launched two more missiles this morning. The move was widely condemned and is adding to already high tensions in the region. Is China planning to supply Russia with lethal weaponry in its war with Ukraine? That's what U.S. intelligence is indicating. Top U.S. officials react. A bishop in Los Angeles was found dead from a gunshot wound over the weekend. Police say it's a homicide. The shooter or shooters remain at large. And it's President's Day today, so we are taking the opportunity to shine a light on one of the most significant men in American history. Good morning. Welcome to NTD. I'm Kevin Hogan. Good morning. I'm Evelyn Lee. Today is Monday, February 20th. And we're starting off the week with a surprise visit from President Biden to Ukraine. He met with President Zelensky in Kyiv today, and we're just days away from the one-year mark of Russia's invasion. He didn't go empty-handed. Biden's gesture of solidarity comes with another half billion dollars in U.S. assistance. The war is expected to intensify this spring with both sides preparing for offensives. So the U.S. is looking to keep allies unified in their support for Ukraine. At the same time, Zelensky is pushing allies to speed up delivery of pledged weapon systems. He's also calling on the West to deliver fighter jets to Ukraine. Biden has so far declined to do that, and we don't know yet if the U.S. notified Moscow before the visit. And after Kyiv, Biden is heading to Warsaw, Poland. The visit is Biden's first to the war zone as president. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken was in Turkey yesterday. He pledged another $100 million in earthquake aid. Blinken was visiting one of the worst affected provinces. It was his first trip to NATO ally Turkey since taking office two years ago. He toured Turkey's Hatati province from the air with the Turkish foreign minister. He was expected to meet with U.S. and Turkish service personnel, as well as Turkish military families affected by the earthquake. Here's Blinken on Sunday. This is going to be a long-term effort. Um, the search and rescue, unfortunately, is coming to an end. The most important thing right now is to get assistance to people who need it, to get them through the winter, and to get them back on their feet. Uh, but simply put, the United States is here. Blinken says the additional aid includes $50 million in emergency refugee and migration funds. It also includes $50 million in humanitarian assistance. The earthquake has killed more than 46,000 people in Turkey and Syria. And Turkey wasn't the only item on Blinken's weekend agenda. The Secretary of State also had a message for China. He says providing arms and ammunition to Russia would be a serious problem. And today's Daniel Monahan has more. Blinken says the U.S. has long feared China would provide weapons to Russia. Chinese leader Xi Jinping promised Russia a partnership with no limits last year. That was just weeks before Putin sent his troops into Ukraine. 
Since then, ties between the two countries have only grown stronger. According to Blinken, information from U.S. intelligence now suggests China is considering providing such arms to Russia. Blinken met with the CCP's most senior foreign policy official, Wang Yi, in Munich over the weekend. He said, quote, It was important for me to share very clearly with Wang Yi that this would be a serious problem. Russian forces have been on the offensive in eastern Ukraine. Blinken estimates that Russia has 97 percent of its ground troops in the country. The Russians are eager to capture territory before Ukraine receives the more advanced weapons recently pledged by the U.S. and others. Senator Lindsey Graham says the world should come down hard on China if it provides lethal weapons to Russia. He compared such a move, in his words, to buying a ticket on the Titanic after you saw the movie. Graham says it would be the most catastrophic thing that could happen to the U.S.-China relationship. Meanwhile, the U.S. ambassador to the U.N. called the Chinese arming Russia a red line. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. North Korea fired two short-range ballistic missiles toward its eastern waters early this morning. It followed other missile tests conducted on Saturday, to which the U.S. responded yesterday with joint air exercises that included South Korea and Japan. Here's NTD's Kostam to tell us more. North Korea's most recent missile drills are the second in three days. The country's state-run television KRT released still photographs of its latest weapon test, which followed an intercontinental ballistic missile launch Saturday. The U.S., South Korea and Japan responded with joint air exercises on Sunday, which North Korea condemned as an invasion rehearsal. North Korea has threatened to take an unprecedentedly strong response to the drills. Kim Yo-jong, the sister of North Korea's leader Kim Jong-un, warns U.S. forces to hold any military drills in the region, saying the reclusive nuclear state could turn the Pacific into a firing range. She also accused the United States of trying to turn the U.N. Security Council into a, quote, tool for its highness hostile policy toward Pyongyang. According to some experts, North Korea is pushing for more powerful weapons, effectively increasing its leverage in potential negotiations with the U.S. According to Japan's defense ministry, the two missiles reached a maximum altitude between 35 and 65 miles. South Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff decried the launches as a grave provocation that should be seized immediately. Saturday's missile launch was North Korea's first since early January. Kost MNS, NTD News. The founder of one of China's top investment banks has been missing since last week. News of his absence dealt shares of the company a serious blow. This is the latest disappearance of top business executives in the country. Bao Fan, the chairman of China Renaissance, has disappeared and is unreachable. He's been at the heart of financing in Chinese tech. Last Thursday, China Renaissance Holdings says it has been unable to contact Bao. That was in a filing to the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. They added the company has no information of his unavailability was related if his unavailability was related to the business. Shares of China Renaissance Holdings reversed early gains to fall as much as 5% on Monday. That's after a record low hit in the previous session triggered by the disappearance of the billionaire. According to some Chinese media, Bao was probably taken away for secret investigation. There have been similar missing cases before. Forbes magazine reported at least half a dozen billionaires disappearing over the past few years after run-ins with the Chinese Communist Party. 
Jack Ma, the founder of Alibaba, is one of those cases. He disappeared for three months in late 2020 after criticizing market regulators. Back to the U.S., giving away decision-making autonomy for health emergencies, the Biden administration is preparing to do just that. It plans to sign a legally binding accord with the World Health Organization. A draft of the pandemic treaty was published on February 1st. It now seeks ratification by all 194 member states. The document grants the WHO the power to declare and manage a global pandemic emergency, all participating countries would submit to the authority of the WHO when a health emergency is declared. That applies to treatments, lockdowns, vaccine mandates, and population surveillance. International law professor Francie Boyle says the initiative is fatally dangerous. He says it would set up a worldwide medical police state under the control of the WHO. New court motions filed by a January 6th defendant allege police and federal agents' involvement in the breach at the Capitol and doing more than trying to stop it. Entity's Jeremy Sandberg has more on the newly disclosed court documents. January 6th defendant William Pope of Topeka, Kansas, is defending himself against seven criminal counts brought by federal prosecutors in February 2021. According to new court motions filed by Pope, three undercover Metropolitan Police Department officers joined the march of protesters up the northwest side of the Capitol before the breach. One of the motions states one of the officers pushed protesters in front of him to advance and urged them on. It states the officer joined the crowd in chanting, Drain the Swamp and Whose House, Our House, and asked for help in climbing over a barricade, compelling others to do the same. The motion says another officer who walked behind Ashley Babbitt predicted someone was going to get shot. Video from the undercover officers is under court seal. Pope argued in his motions that the Justice Department is trying to prevent him from accessing the full January 6 evidence databases. He's asked U.S. District Judge Rudolph Contreras to compel the DOJ to give him full access to discovery materials. Pope says footage shot by the undercover officers clearly evidences them urging the crowds to advance up the stairs and scaffolding toward the Capitol. Police body cam footage included with Pope's filings also show uniformed officers complaining they were set up to fail that day. I didn't know we were coming up for this. I would have made sure we all had our masks. I didn't realize how bad. I, they set us up to fail. They did. There was no way we were winning that. They set us up. <laughs> they set up 64. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And then they asked her to come two win. hours later. They set us up. Officers stopping four armed men in plain clothes who turned out to be federal agents before allowing them to go on their way. Yes, we are. Oh, police. Police? Yeah, <laughs> law enforcement. Yeah. Show me your credentials. And video showing a police officer imploring protesters to keep marching towards the Capitol after former President Trump's speech. Information in the court papers could rekindle the debate about the role undercover officers and agents played in the Capitol breach and why the Department of Justice and federal judges have kept the evidence under seal and away from public view. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. A Catholic bishop was shot and killed in California over the weekend. Police said on Saturday it was murder. 69-year-old Auxiliary Bishop David O'Connell was found bleeding in a home in L.A. Officials say he was suffering from a gunshot wound to the chest. 
and pronounced dead at the scene. Authorities have not said if he was targeted or if religion was a factor in the killing. O'Connell was named to his church position by Pope Francis in 2015. He worked to broker peace between residents and law enforcement after the Rodney King riots in 1992 and later focused on gang intervention. The church says he served the Los Angeles area for about 45 years. Parishioners in the area are mourning the bishop's death. Many say they are shocked that anyone would want to harm him. The bishop was a native to Ireland and was known for his kindness and sense of humor. Investigators say suicide has been ruled out. No motive or suspect has been named yet. The shooter or shooters remain at large. Anyone with information is being asked to contact law enforcement or Crime Stoppers if they wish to remain anonymous. A freak accident at a water park in New Jersey yesterday left eight people injured. It happened at the DreamWorks Water Park in East Rutherford. A decorative helicopter inside the park fell from the ceiling and landed in the pool below. Paramedics took one of the eight people injured to a hospital for treatment. The other seven were not seriously hurt. The water park will remain closed today. An investigation is underway to figure out what happened. And now we pause for a moment with a message from our sponsor, Burge Gold Group. The U.S. just went through the $31.4 trillion debt ceiling. That means to pay off this debt, every taxpayer in America would have to write a check for $247,000. Mm-hmm. And Birch Gold Group says that now is a great time to protect your savings by diversifying into gold with Birch Gold Group. They can help convert your IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Just text the word NTD to 989898 to claim your free info kit to learn more. There's no obligation to make this request. With an A-plus rating, with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, Bridge Gold can help you. Get your free info kit today by texting NTD to the number 989898. And coming up, the oldest living president in hospice care at home. Former U.S. President Jimmy Carter wants to spend his remaining time with family. We have more on the 98-year-old and the outpouring of support he's receiving. And Meta launches a new subscription service. Find out how the subscription service helps out content creators and what some of the requirements are after the break. Welcome back. National reaction continues following the news that former U.S. President Jimmy Carter has begun receiving hospice care at his home. The former president turned 98 years old last year and is the oldest living president. Here's a story. Lord, we'd be amiss this morning if we did not lift President Carter to you. Sunday morning in Plains, Georgia, it was packed for Sunday school at a service at Maranatha Baptist Church. This is where former President Jimmy Carter taught his traditional Sunday school in his hometown for years until his health forced him to give it up in 2020. On Saturday, the news came that the 98-year-old former president has decided to spend his remaining time at home with his family and to receive hospice care instead of additional medical intervention, according to the Carter Center. In 2015, former President Carter announced he had survived brain and liver cancer. In 2019, he had surgery for a broken hip and received 14 stitches after hitting his head. Then he was treated for a minor pelvic fracture before undergoing surgery to relieve pressure on his brain. I love you! 
In 2022, the Carters were seen out enjoying the 25th annual Peanut Festival Parade in Plains. They were seen riding in a red 1946 Ford convertible while waving at the crowd. Meanwhile, wishes for comfort and peace are pouring in on social media for the former president. Carter's grandson and former Georgia State Senator Jason Carter posted this tweet, saying in part he visited his grandparents and they are at peace. When I was sick, he sat with me for an hour. Whether you believe in his political persuasions or whatever you think, you know for a fact being here that they're genuine people that care. Meta Platforms announced it's testing a monthly subscription service yesterday. It's called Meta Verified. It would allow users to get a blue badge if they verify their accounts using a government-issued ID. The subscription bundle for Instagram and Facebook is launching later this week. It includes extra protection against impersonation. It will be priced starting at about $12 per month on the web or about $15 a month on Apple's iOS and Android. Meta's move into subscription service follows Twitter, which announced last month that Twitter Blue will be priced at $11 per month. Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg says the company plans to launch several new products that would empower creators to be way more productive and creative. Meta Verified will roll out in Australia and New Zealand this week with gradual launches in other countries to follow. You might soon be paying more money for a used car. Wholesale prices for used cars sold at auctions have risen sharply in the last few weeks. According to Mannheim Auctions, prices jumped 4% in the last two weeks. That's an unusually large increase in such a short time period. And the jump also caught industry insiders by surprise. A shortage of new car inventory helped drive both new and used car prices to record levels earlier last year. The busy selling season for used cars is only months away, and it's tied to when potential buyers get their tax refunds. Now dealers are scrambling to rebuild inventories, resulting in higher prices for used cars. A sculpture by renowned artist Jeff Koons was accidentally tipped over by a visitor last week. It smashed into a dozen of pieces. The famous balloon dog sculpture was valued at over $40,000. The piece was displayed at a contemporary art fair in Miami, Florida. The fallout of the incident was filmed by artist and art collector Stephen Gamson. It was posted on his Instagram account afterwards. The woman who knocked over the artwork was reportedly very sorry for the incident. A different type of Bigfoot has been found in the UK in an area called the Dinosaur Coast. It's a megalosaurus footprint. The one that's been discovered measures three feet in length. It's the the largest of its kind. The three-toed footprint is one of only six to be found in the area. Archaeologist Marie Woods, who made the discovery, says she can no longer tell people archaeologists don't do dinosaurs. Traditionally, geologists and paleontologists focus on dinosaur fragments. As a rule, archaeologists study ancient human artifacts. Coming up, it's President's Day today, and we speak to a special guest to honor one of the most significant figures in American history.
Good to have you back. It's President's Day today, so we are taking the opportunity to shine a light on one of the most significant men in American history. If you have watched Washington's Armor here on NTD, you will be familiar with our guest. I spoke to Willie Molina, who plays George Washington in the film trilogy. I found out how he prepared for the role and what he learned from the president and founding father in the process. So I knew what everyone knows or what we thought we knew, you know, the chopping down of the cherry tree, which many believe actually did not happen. Historians say that it didn't actually happen. Just a learning lesson. But I knew that he was the general of the American Revolutionary War. I knew that he was the first president. And that's kind of where my knowledge ended. How did I prepare? I just, anything I could find. I honestly had a friend that gave me his rules of civility that he wrote and stu that he studied. Um, early on, and I read anything I get my hands on. That same friend provided me with another book that was huge. It was a lot of his, uh, a compilation of his journals and online podcasts, um, videos, biographies, a, a couple of documentaries were actually really huge. And so in your research, did you come across anything that you think more people should know about? Absolutely. Um, his, he did not, he was not classically trained. He was not classically educated like his brothers. So he made, he took action steps to make up for that. And then some, whether it be math, uh, practical, tangible skills, agriculture. Um, I think that folks, I think it's important to know that, you know, there's some folks that, you know, think it's either college or trade school or this, you know, there is no cookie cutter right or wrong. And there are ways that we can, you know, whether it's welding or whatever it is, he took his own action steps and he was became a surveyor because of the math skills, because of his horseback skills. He was able to become an incredible surveyor, actually the leading surveyor as a 19, 20 year old in Virginia. That's how people knew him. That's how people respected his uh, athleticism and his horsebacking. And um, he was able to uh, mathematically, you know, survey really well. And I think that's huge, you know, um, that we all have a strength, we all have a purpose. And so finding that purpose and growing it and strengthening it, then you'll find a solid place, a solid standing in life. The other thing is, is his faith. Um, when he was uh, to also make up for that educational deficiency. He wasn't like he didn't go, you know, to Oxford or Cambridge. He didn't go to a, a classically um, renowned school. He was homeschooled. To, to put it bluntly, he was essentially homeschooled. And so he made a point to write a journal every morning and write his prayers. So he was practicing his writing. He was practicing his speaking, how to formulate, you know, a beginning, middle and end, as well as strengthening his spirituality, which you know, we all need a sense of spirituality in some respect, even if it's the sun, the moon, the stars, you know, having a respect for nature, whatever it is, spirituality is a really important aspect. So I think educationally, he took action steps to, to make that uh, work for himself. And then this as well as a spiritual aspect of, you know, who he was and why he's here, why he was here. So it sounds like he didn't really wait for help. He just really took things into his own hands, which is really inspiring. And it's president, uh, President's Day soon. So how do you remember George Washington? And how do you think he should be remembered? He, he himself, I mean, he never once said, I want to be this. I want, to, I want to be the general revolutionary war. I want to be the president of the United States. He always excused himself when there was a vote. 
Um, so I think he should be remembered, remembered as um, humble leader that, you know, sought first to involve people smarter than him, uh, sought first to seek the wisdom of a higher power, that spiritual aspect. Um, but most importantly, you know, a well-rounded, humble man who, who was willing to be big enough to see how small he was. You know, he never stood up first and said, it's me, it's me, I'm the one, I should be doing this. And that is just lost in today's times. So the humility, I think, is, is really, really important when remembering George Washington. Very well put. Thank you so much, Willie Molina. Where can we catch you next? Is there anything coming up uh, to look out for? Well, there's a few. And um, obviously, Washington's armor, we are uh, having a live free showing on President's Day. It's uh, for the homeschool community as well as those who would like to see it. Um, you can see it on, on February 20th in remembrance of, of George Washington. And I have a movie that I did called Just One Life that is currently being edited. Uh, it's a faith-based love story um, about a man named Sam who is a professor of astronomy and he wants to prove the existence of the star of Bethlehem. I think it's a great story. So um, I'm truly hoping that, uh, that there is a door open for that story to be seen for a wide audience. And there's some other small, uh, and Guardians. There's a show called Guardians on Pure Flakes. All right, thank you so much, Willie Molina. A lot going on, I'll watch out for that. Thanks for, t for your time today. Thank you. Yeah, Evelyn Washington certainly did a lot. I mean, commander of the Continental Army, first president. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, one thing that I really took from it, despite everything, right, he said it's, he was big enough to see how small he was and that kind of humility. Yeah, I thought that was a very nice quote. Yeah, that's pretty profound. Mm -hmm. And I find it interesting how faith and homeschooling were part of his life and he led to all those great things. Yeah, for sure. And he wasn't actually like aiming for anything. It, he just, he was led by the path, basically. Very driven, anyway, man. Anyway, we could talk about this all day, but thanks, for, uh, thanks everybody for tuning in today. That's it. We'd love to hear from you. You can share your thoughts and your story at goodmorning at ntd.com. Shoot us an email if you'd like, as usual. Thanks for watching. I'm Evelyn Lee. And I'm Kevin Hogan.